Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. What's good? Hope all is well and you're enjoying the holidays with friends, families, loved ones, or even yourself. Either way, take time to relax, enjoy, celebrate all that you've done this year. That's what I've been doing. And that's why we're taking time off this week when it comes to producing a brand new episode. Instead, we're sharing a very popular episode and one of my favorites. We actually recorded this episode back in October of 2020, which the year was one that I'd like to forget, but the episode is memorable. Let's get into the conversation. Like, so I started seeing it in that lens and I was just like, God damn, all these times I could have died. Clearly I'm not meant to die. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something that has to change at this point. I have to be me now. I'm tired of it. So that's why when I say it, I feel like I'm five years old, it's genuinely how I feel. I feel like a kid now that's learning everything from the ground up. No Latinos telling me, yo, you can't do this. Not even just like nobody saying, and I'll say respectfully, fuck you in my head because you're not going to tell me what to do. You didn't live what I live or you didn't die the way I died. So my mentality is very strong and I'm glad because of my upbringing but now is just like a propellant now it's just like jet fuel and shit like that you know that was a clip from today's episode i really hope you're enjoying it so far before we get into the full episode just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening just want to say thank you and welcome to the king Tueres podcast brought to you by plural yo today on the podcast we've got my man kenny aka cloud kent funny thing about us is that we actually grew up together in the same neighborhood in New York so I've known the dude since who knows probably first grade a little bit about Cloud Kent though he's an up-and-coming street pop artist his rough beginnings as a kid really enabled him to survive the concrete jungle and although art was part of his life he was put down and belittled for his talents forcing him to live a life that truly wasn't his little did he know though that his life would take a turn when he had to undergo an emergency open heart surgery at the age of 25. Coming out of it, it was really a second life for him. He would never view life the same way again. It was through that death that he realized who he truly was. Post-surgery, post-recovery, he completely transformed and evolved into what he has been all along, an artist. This is the story of Cloud Kent. I love the energy, man. You're just so hyped. <laughs> uh, I, I typically start with a question uh, around authenticity, man. So I'll start there. When you know, when people tell you to to be your authentic self, you know, what comes to mind, or like, you know, what does that mean for you? I think for me, it means to let all barriers down. You know. Um, I'm like such a genuine person. And for me, all my life, I was taught not to be a genuine person. You know, we grew up in the streets of New York. So you, you're kind of taught to like have this heavy armor on and not to show emotion or feelings. And now I'm an older man and I'm just realizing, damn, I, I've really been living a lie as a life my whole life. So now it's like an awakening. So when we talk about genuinity now, it's like, I am so about it. Like, I feel good talking about it now because it's something I'm not scared of no more. Like I was scared to be my, my, my real self, like a creator, like paintings and stuff like that. So now that word genuinity, it really does 
it means more than just a word. It's it's a life. It really is you in a nutshell. And I encourage everybody to really take the time to get to know themselves because it's invigorating. It definitely is. I'm in that state of nirvana, you know, where I'm like, I've learned so much about myself and I'm still continuing almost like a, like a Pikachu and a, what do you, uh, riot you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that is just like, you feel strong, you feel powerful and you feel like, okay, what's next? Where else can I go? That's all because of genuinity. A hundred percent. I love that, man. And your story is, is fucking powerful, man. It's dope. And I love how you spoke about, you know, where it started in New York, you know, tell me yeah. about like, what, what was it like growing up? Like, where'd you grow up and you know, who was in your household? What, what was that whole vibe like? Well, Pavel, you was a big part of my, my childhood. So you saw, you saw me actually like be engaged in art. And I don't know if you necessarily saw me get put down for my art, but I definitely lost a lot of, you know, high, you know, holy name competitions where we went to school. But uh, it all, yeah, definitely all started definitely developing in school where I just felt like very competitive with it. I just wanted to win, but I always got rejected. And that rejection has always propelled me. Like I, I took that as, uh, you know, how people say gasoline to the to the wildfire. You know, I I've grown up with rejection my whole life. Even now, sometimes I get rejected now, and I'm just like, okay, add it to the add it to the fucking cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, how else can I prove you wrong? I, I felt like I've always had a chip on my shoulder, like something to prove. You know, so I I guess starting back in school in New York, and obviously. Um, uh, family all around that 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 real tough old school Latino security mentality kind of you know it made me the man I am today so I'm very thankful and I love I love my mom I love my family and stuff like that and the fact that they support me now is like a beautiful thing but it's just like I always had something to prove and like I had to prove it to y'all yeah I should have but you know that's life that's gonna be what at like that's 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 life you know that Fabel. You know that. Yo, nah, I feel you, man. Tell me, tell me about that whole like Latino family, because I'm sure like a lot of families. I mean, I get why they tell us like for go to, for security, get the job, is because they don't want they don't want us to struggle like they did, right? So like, yeah. <laughs> what were some of those things that you heard though? You know, what I mean, like what what were what were some people telling you when you wanted to pursue art as you know a career path? I actually, me and my mother had a, a conversation about this like just recently. I talked to my mother like four times a day. Yes, I'm a mother's boy. And um, we had that conversation in which now I have younger siblings, you know, my siblings are 11. I have a sibling that's 16. And um, she buys them supplies. She gives them the world now. And, um, and for me, it's like me looking from the outside in it. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I am so proud to see that. Although my mother had that old school Latino mentality that was passed down, work hard, structure, security, be safe. I, I'm glad that she evolved because now I'm able to see my younger siblings and I'm able to really not to be emotional about it. I'm able to be like, shed a tear about it. And, and, and not in sadness, in, in a way where it's just like, oh my, we are really growing and everybody is really acting genuine. Uh, my mother's just studying everything now. And it's like, I broke a cycle. I broke a, I feel like I broke a cycle and, and it's my job to kind of be more vocal about it because if other families knew about it, Latino families, minority families knew about just the genuinity of how you could save somebody's life. I was just fortunate that I, I, 
was able to find myself through art because I would be dead, I would probably hurt myself, or I'd be getting into some trouble. Like, it's just, it, it is what it is. I, I just, I'm very thankful. So not to knock down la Latino mentality or anything like that, security, I get it. I do, and I thank her, I thank my family all day. But I, I can't help but to be like, damn, you know what? If I was just nurtured through that, like, where would I be now? I would never know that answer. But I'm glad, like, it, like I said, it made me the man that I am today, and I could, I, I can never fall. So, so like I said, like I, I love everything, the the changes that are happening right now, the evolution. I'm still a young man, so for me to see that, uh, I feel like I, I made a true impact. So it just, I want to, I want to give the gift that keeps on giving, sort of say, I want to pay it forward, you know. Oh, for sure, man. Not, nah, I mean, you really yeah. did break the cycle. I mean, on one side, I'm yeah. sure you're like. I'm sure you're like, yo, mom, it's dope that you're that you're helping the nieces and the nephews. At the same time, yeah. it's like, yo, ma, where was the love when I was, you know, when I was coming up, ma? <laughs> yeah, so true, so yeah. true, man. Like she, she, but she now like she she beats herself up sometimes now. And I'm like, ma, listen, you know, that's, that's all all about growing and evolving in our lives. You know, we we learn at our own pace, and I'm realizing that we cannot be so hard on ourselves. You know, and it's easier said than done, obviously. You know. We're all battling something. We're all facing challenges. And the way we react to it, you know, I think it's important, you know, and that takes time to really react to it with poise and not, not so much emotion, but with ah, dignity is <laughs> a good word. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. you know. And our yeah. parents, our parents, our parents do the best with what they can, man. Like it's not their fault. Like that's how that's what they learned from their parents. And you know, right. beyond and beyond. So if anything, like you're helping everybody out, man, which is really dope. I want to get into to your story in, in New York in particular, right? Because you said, like, you were experiencing certain things, not only at home, but also, like, you know, you, sh you, you show up um, in certain competitions or you show people, like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. So, like, I do art. And people would be like, what? Right? Like, yeah, people would make fun yeah. of you for that, right? Like, it wasn't a cool thing, quote, unquote, to, like, be doing art back then, man. So, and you would think, you would think it would be cool. But I think it was, um, I don't know, maybe the where we were at, you know, um, I don't know, because people do move to New York. I, I think yeah. we, we were more on the ghetto side, you know, like, <laughs> that's, uh, sometimes yeah. I hate to say it, but I feel like white people do appreciate the arts a little bit more some, sometimes. But I, I've grown to know that, like, I was kind of bullied growing up by my, my, my peers, like, my Spanish peoples, my black peoples, and I grew up around... You know, I love everybody, but that, I mean, that's the reality. Like growing up, being young, you just don't know. Now it's different. Everybody loves the shit, but I guess it was the, the time period and the area we was living at. I really felt like bully or like, you shouldn't be called gay if you fucking want to pick up a pen and write or draw or take up a photography, man. That, that's silly. You know what I'm saying? And, and now realizing that as a grown man, I say it's silly because everybody should be able to pick up Every every one of us is really created deep down down inside. We're all kids. We just have to let it out. And if we keep on listening to distractions or outside noise telling us, "Don't do this or don't do that," we never gonna find out who we are. You know. So it's dark growing up like that and having that like I was almost like in the closet type of shit. But it's because of my artwork. Like, and now what you're seeing now in front of you is like a, a new person. Like. I feel like I'm five years old because of it. And, you know, with the with the heart surgery, that's going to give you a second life. And you just start to look at things like, 
take your rose other glasses off and you just magnify life a little bit more you, you start to look things just a little bit differently you know especially with creativity yeah nah i feel you man i mean it wasn't even just art man i remember growing up people would get made fun of for the dumbest shit like if you got a's you were like like yeah. why, why why are you so smart like that should be celebrated not like That's made fun of you know about. what i mean yeah. it makes no sense i never got it like we I, I, we only we would get glorified if we um if we like play basketball or like yeah. sports yeah. Or, or if you were like a really tough dude, like that's what that's yeah. the only thing that gets glorified in the hood. You like, yeah, it is straight up. I don't know, man. Like, I, I got along with everybody, but I knew deep down inside, I was never, how do you say, I was never a street, like, I was never a hood. Bro. Oh, me we, either, man. Fuck. We grew up in that situation. I was like, I, you have to hang out with those people sometimes, and you know. I love everybody, but it's just like, damn, I don't really want to fight today. But guess what? I guess I got to fight today. What's... I hated that, man. I got into a lot of fights. Bro, I hated that shit too, man. Just like fronting. I remember I remember in high school, uh, like I, I would tell people I'm from the Upper West Side, and people would, would make fun of me because they said it yeah. wasn't tough enough. Yeah, soft. Yeah, right. but then when you get older and you tell people you're from the Upper West Side, they're like, oh my God, yeah, I oh, love the Upper shit. West Side. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. The na- you see how the narrative is different now? Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't get that part, but I guess times change, you know? I want to believe that, you know, with time comes uh, maturity. Not with everybody, but I, I do want to believe that because of personal experiences. I could have went one route, but I went this Ta- Time does kind of uh, play a major factor for sure, bro. Especially with the background we had. Oh, for sure, man. Tell me, tell me about that though. Like you mentioned, you know, you could have gone down one path, but you found yourself, um, and then you and then you went down sort of like the right path. Let's call it. What did you have a moment where you were like, "Yo, I'm about to go hang out with these hood ass people," and like, "This isn't me." Like, I quit this shit. You know what I mean? Like, what what, what was that thought process like? Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode of the Gendueras podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hased has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to hacer more. Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further like Katia in Chazareta. To apply to the McDonald's Arcer National Scholarship, visit mcdonalds.com slash hacer. That is H-A-C-E-R. The thought process was after getting into multiple, and everything was kind of aligning, like one after the other after another. Like uh, I got robbed at gunpoint twice. You know, I had pieces to my head a few times, and it's just like, at this point, it's not even like anything having to do with like gangs or fights. It's more like I got robbed by a crackhead. Like that was one of the things that led me to moving to Florida. It's just like. The motherfucker is about to shoot me. I got nothing. I had no money, no nothing. So for me, it was just like a wake-up call. Like, thank God I survived the situation. 
and I just wound up giving him my phone, but it was just like a wake-up call. And prior to that, it was just a whole bunch of fights. But my sister was one years old, and I was just like, I already know how this path is going to go if I don't leave. And, you know, just being around negative energy and just knowing that I, w- I was still a ball of energy deep down inside, even if it was a glimmer. I knew there was something in me. I just had to embrace it and um, I had to move on. I had to change my ways or change my physical surroundings. And my surroundings was the concrete jungle. It was New York City. Everybody could talk about New York City as uh, rainbows and gumballs and sunshine, but it, it really isn't always like that, bro. And we, we grew up a little bit different. So I know I know you feel it, but I never had that nurturing care and like that art artistry. And I wish sometimes I did because, hey, who knows? But we don't know. I'm here today and I'm able to talk about it. And it's, it, it's really like, it's crazy to me. It's, it's really bugged out. Um, but yeah, I'm very fortunate. I, I, I had that moment though, where I was just like it, a, a light switch. I operate on switches. So a switch came in my head and it was just like, you need to do this. Like the inner gut feeling, you know, you need to trust your innate, your innate gut feeling. And I, and I, and I went with it. So I try not to ignore my gut feelings, especially when it comes to giving people, um, you know, a chance, but yo, we're animalistic creatures. We have instincts. We have to trust. Same applies to our growth. We really know what we have inside of what we want to do. Now, the thing is the fear. Are we scared to know that or tap into that? That's what I feel. That's how I genuinely feel. But I, I'm, I'm learning how to feel and get to know myself more. So that's why. Um, and I'm always by myself. Even when I'm not by myself, I feel alone. So that helps me a lot, too. Just like silencing the noise, you know, and just awakening slowly but surely. And yes. what did what did your gut tell you exactly when you had that when you had that realization? You're like, gonna die. You if you stay. I moved. I, I just moved straight to New York the next day. I mean, straight to Florida the next day. My gut said, "You're gonna fucking die, Ken." I swear to God, and it was right. It was right. I wanted up having surgery in Florida five years uh, five years later. I don't think I would be able to have surgery in New York. Too much distraction. You, you wouldn't be able to pay attention to your body like that. How many people do we know, especially Latino communities, that don't go to the doctor? Especially in New York. I'll be dead over there, bro. Just another number. Without Wait, well, doing this. What, what happened, though? You said you moved to Florida, but then you had heart surgery. But, like, talk to me about, like, what happened. Like, what was the heart complication and... Yeah. Yeah, so the, it's so, um, and it's so and it's so interesting, too, because you said, like, I was going to die. And most people would think, like, yeah, I was going to die in the streets. But then you actually had a condition that you realized right when you left, right? I didn't know until five years later. So I thought, I always thought innately I was going to die young. Like, it's innately. Like, when I say innately, it, my gut. <clears throat> and I, and I, did, I didn't manifest it. Like, I really knew it on some clairvoyant shit. Um... So I didn't find out I had heart surgery until um, five years later from my initial move to New York. I never knew I had a heart problem. So my issue was a a birth defect, um, a structural defect, like my arteries were full melting each other and shit on a chokehold. And um, yeah, I had my blood pressure really high and then I I had chest pains a lot. And you know, stress does play a factor, but 
when it's a structural effect, a burst effect like that, you know, that stress just makes it worse. So that's why I try to keep a very tranquilo type of, you know, and neutral kind of life now. Oh, shit. Silence this phone. Um, yeah, bro. So luckily I had somebody that basically forced me to go to the hospital. Um, a doctor that I was really good friends with at the time, and she saved my life because I wasn't going to go to the hospital. Derek, that Latino mentality. Yo, I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. Meanwhile, I'm fucking dying. I'm going like this. She's watching. And I'm like, nah, I ain't going to the hospital. Nah, that's, that's soft. You know what I'm saying? That's soft. And I'll be like, yo, suck, suck it up, son. Like to myself. I talk to myself, and I'll be like, yo, suck it up. Stop being soft. You good. Like there's just stress. Oh, it was almost died. <laughs> heart attack. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then I had heart surgery, you know. Um, it was just like that. Obviously, there's more to the story from knowing the um symptoms and then getting to the heart surgery. That's a whole nother movie. But you know, long story short, I had the surgery and I changed my life and I became an artist. Yeah, like what what heart. happened after you came out of heart surgery and obviously you survived, but like, did you have a mindset shift after that? And like, what, what was that? What was that like? I literally went through like a, like a tunnel of, a, of an epiphany. Um, I had a shift in attitude. I had a shift of change and I always felt like a soldier. But after that, I felt like a, like a soldier of fortune. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt very grateful because I still have a mission to do. Like, I still have, I still have things to do, obviously, because I didn't get taken away. Or God didn't let me go. Like, so I started seeing it in that lens and I was just like, God damn, all these times I could have died. Clearly I'm not meant to die. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something that has to change at this point. Like I have to be me now. I'm tired of it. So that's why when I say it, I feel like I'm five years old, it's genuinely how I feel. I feel like a kid now that's learning everything from the ground up. No Latinos telling me, yo, you can't do this. Not even just Latino, nobody saying, and I'll say, respectfully fuck you in my head because you're not going to tell me what to do you didn't even live what i live or you didn't die the way i died so my mentality is very strong and i'm glad because of my upbringing but now it's just like a propellant now it's just like jet fuel and shit like that you know so yeah man i'm a totally different person from where i was five years ago even yesterday like i, I do feel like i'm involved in that fast break but a kid just that he's just absorbing all this knowledge and that that goes to knowledge with business that goes to knowledge with creativity and learning you know the basics the fundamentals it, it just comes with knowledge of just getting to know yourself like, it's like flirting with yourself not, not sexually but you know what i'm saying like flirting with your brain and stuff like that it's very important really it's underrated oh for sure man it sounds like you want it sounds like you went through a lot of um just like uh, self-discovery almost, right? Like you, you went through the thought process Big of like, epiphany. yo, like people were telling me X, nah, I'm gonna do this. It, and it's crazy too. It's so interesting being, being an artist. Like I'm not an artist, but I could imagine, you know, going back to that, those are like early years where people I would- sisters, man. They weren't that bad. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the smiley faces? But Bell drew dicks on them too, man. Don't let him fool you. He drew some dicks on some uh, tables. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> that was me. I, <laughs> I was about to say, if 
I probably tried to. I probably tried to draw a smiley face. It probably ended up looking like a penis. The nose probably ended up looking like a penis. Yeah, for for those listening, for those listening and watching, I'm a terrible artist. I can't even draw a smiley face. It's pretty bad. But it's the thought that counts, man. It really. Oh Jesus Christ! You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy too that I really like about your art is is your like your heart design that you have is such a staple in your art. But it's crazy like you were always using that even before you had heart surgery, right? Like, yeah. Tell me about like how that even came up and like the realization after you had heart surgery, like oh shit, like this this was meant to happen. That that is exactly it. That's where I feel like I get bugged out even talking about it because I don't feel like it's me at that point. I feel like it like an outside intervention just came in and um, really just kind of was trying to communicate with me, you know, and telling me that, yo, um, you have something going on with you. Like you have this, this old soul, broken heart looking character in you, but you don't know where it's really from. Obviously heartbreaks. We all go through heartbreaks. I'm talking about relationships and stuff like that. So, but no, um, this character represents somebody truly broken. Um, who, who, <laughs> I draw him with a ski mask now. I don't know if you, you noticed it. He wears like a ski mask now. It's a two-part thing. I, you know, I was told that I was bipolar my whole life. So for me, it's just like, you see the character uh, without the ski mask and he has his beard. He just looks worn. He looks broken. Um, you know, and he's, he has, he's handing out flowers. And then I have the ski mask, the same heart, but wearing a ski mask. And he's just like, you know, I'm going to fucking take your, like, I'm going to take your flowers. I'm going to take your heart. I'm going to use my water gun to, to show you that I can love harder than anybody. Like, this character is somebody who has been speaking to me since the beginning. And that's why he's very important to me in, in my evolution as, as a person, not even just as an artist, just like as a whole. Um, I do feel like God is immaculate in that in that kind of sense, man. He was giving me like this tool or this vice to prepare me for what was going to go on, you know, heart surgery, uh, multiple heartbreaks, and even now, just like just being a, a all around strong person. Even though sometimes I feel like I'm tired of being strong, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, facts, like, man. When is when it, when are we gonna like? When is it going to be easy? It's never going to be easy. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> so I think it's very important for us to be genuine in those times. Like even if we have feelings that are harbored deep down the side, yell into a pillow. Yell out. Yell in your fucking car instead of listening to music. Like, vocalize. You know what I'm saying? I, f- I find myself doing that more lately. And <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but, I, you know, I meditate now. It's not crazy, I, to, man. I do that shit every morning. Yeah. Yeah, the, the yelling shit. <laughs> oh, no, <nah>, that is <laughs> fine. <yeah. laughs> but uh, no, but it's, it's all about um, the process of, uh, you know, just communicating with yourself and just being genuine. That's what I like. That, that's what I kind of like and voicing out. I think it's Bro, that shit, that shit is so real because no one ever taught me about mental health when I was growing up. Like family didn't talk what about that? that. Yeah. Like, you know, my you know? family taught me or like my grandma should be like, talk to God. And you I know, know you I mean? grab a hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> she was hardcore back in the days, man. But yeah, like oh, in, in Latino, Latino, Latinos are such like heavy, yeah. heavy Catholic. So it's it's yeah. very it's very just like religion based. If you have a problem, 
talk to God, he'll solve it for you. But like, yeah, they, like we don't get taught enough to like look inside of us and like do our own like self-love and all of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was that something for yeah. you growing up too? Like you mentioned. Yeah, definitely Catholic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I see my grandma nowadays, she sees me with all the, the tattoos and stuff like that. She's like, Kenny, like deep down, I know she's like, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, very strong Catholic um, household, man. It just, if you have any worries, uh, just leave it to God. You know what? I'm, and I'm not saying not to leave it to God, but we have words aren't everything. Words are powerful, but they're not everything. A lot of it is action. And when I say action right now, I say we need to take action and take accountability for our own actions. Take accountability for taking care of ourselves, for really not being scared of to cry. You know, I was scared to cry for so long. I fucking cry. I watch like a Hallmark movie. I watch Notebook and I fucking cry now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, I, I think that's the number one thing. And I think a lot of minorities uh, suffer. Not only minorities, but everybody. We all suffer from the fear of, oh, that's going to make me look weak or that's going to make me appear like a pussy or soft and shit like that. My whole life, I felt. So now you can't tell me shit. Now well, you can't did, tell me shit. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it out, no matter what. I'm sorry. How does that feel? <laughs> how does that feel to just like let out your emotions? Because that it, now, it must be like such a relief. I'm assuming. It's a it's a relief because now I'm like, yo, this is how you're supposed to cope. This is normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, yo, guys, it's so normal. Like, don't let nobody tell you you can't fucking cry, yo, or you can't get mad, or like. In a healthy way, go outside, take a breath, you know, be grounded with Mother Nature. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all that stuff is normal. Like, it is. And we're not taught like that in the Latino household. We're not. Nah. Bro, I 100%, man. I actually, I, I go to therapy and uh, my my therapist, I've been going to her for like years and she and she was like, Pabell, you, you haven't cried yet. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, is that a problem? She was like, no, it's just weird. Like, typically like people cry already you know what i mean like she says like i haven't had a breakthrough yet because i haven't cried and it's so interesting but i i think i think like you said like it's cultural like we're we're especially as men you know what i mean like we're told to be strong and we're told we're exactly we're told to hold our emotions in yo there's so many relationships that for me probably would have been a lot better Yep. I knew how to communicate my emotions, but like, oh, I, yeah. I was never taught how to do that shit. Oh, me neither. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm, I'm like talking to a mirror right now. That's crazy. God, there's not a lot of people I could uh, really talk to about. It. So like for me, it's like, yeah, it's like a revelation. Half of my relationships and I, I take accountability. If I would have spoke about my feelings instead of having that pride and that wall so up high up the fucking clouds, I probably could have salvaged some of them. There were a lot of good girls. But, you know, we have to grow from those situations and not take them as, like, you know, cringy, but take them as, thank you, you know, thank you. Yeah. I think that's the way we should see it. But um, I, I feel you on the not, not crying part, man. I feel like you've made a great break, breakthrough, even just feeling you out and talking to you right now after years. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, I think talking about it publicly is helpful. No. Like, for, for example, I know this is this is like your second podcast that you've done. And the first one that you did, I was listening to it. And I mean, obviously, like your story is powerful enough as it is, but it felt like 
one of those first times where you just like let so much shit out, not to yourself, but like to someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would, would, yeah. would I, was I just looking too much into that or is that how it felt for you? No, it's exactly when I talk about it now and I've, I've spoken to a few people about like the aftermath, how, how it felt. I've, n- I've never really spoken about what's happened to me. And I think um, I've engaged a lot of people because of that. Um, I've had more eyes on me because of the fact that I was able to be so vulnerable about. I've never known how to be vulnerable my whole life. I'm 30 years old now. So, you know, I'm learning how to be vulnerable, but I'm also learning how to not be too vulnerable because I have a big heart. And sometimes that can be taken, you know, I could be taken advantage of. Now that I'm at this state where I'm pure, like I feel pure. I'm obviously not pure. I'm a bad boy still, ladies. But uh, (laughs) I feel pure in the sense that I can love you purely and I can look you straight in the eye. I can give you my last dollar, my last shirt, and I could never regret it. You know, like that kind of purity of love, undying love and loyalty is what I have now. And I, I don't regret it, but sometimes I have to, I have to divert myself because people don't feel the same way. They can't reciprocate it. So I'm changing that much. Like, oh, like I said, like a kid that is just like, I could be taken advantage of now. How do we kind of set some boundaries, bro? That's the fucking word. How do we set proper boundaries by communicating, by vocally, by vocalizing our, our, what, what our wants are and also our needs health in a healthy manner? Not being in a disrespectful way or anything like that, but purely in love and life, you know, that's, that's how I generally feel. And after that interview, just letting it out for the first time. And like I said, I reached a bigger audience. So I'm so glad I was able to just be myself. Very genuine. This is me. This, this is my life, you know, and people, people were eating, like eating it up and it made them feel good when they saw the interview just like you when you say you, you felt a lot of energy and it's just like that's energy that it's in me that is the first time it's actually coming out so it is kind of like a like a therapy session like wow you know i feel really good that i can get to know myself still and at the same time help others because i i can relate to you like yes i can draw i could do this but i could relate to you I also also could relate to you, 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 and that makes me feel good. The fact that I can give back because I got I got brought back. <laughs> yeah. So why not give back? You know, like it's my mission, and I, I and I see it. You know, I do see it. It's wild too. Yeah. Like I remember, I, I don't know if this is how you felt, but I remember, like the first time I was ever vulnerable publicly, it was on a Facebook post, and I was just talking about yeah. my experience at work, pretty much. And yeah. it's one it's one of those weird things where it's not it's not like stand up comedians, right? They tell a joke and they instantly get a laugh. You gotta like wait for the comments to roll in or you gotta yeah. wait for the feedback. Yeah. And when you hit enter, or like on your case, you just like start speaking, but then the shit is published, right? It's like it's like a waiting game and you're probably like, ah, oh, people are gonna make fun of me, no one's gonna give a fuck. You t- yeah. like you make up this story, like this is what I do. I so one of my I things is that I have like pretty bad anxiety. And what that yeah. makes me do is I just tell, I tell myself so many fucking stories in my head and they end up most of the time, not even being true. Yeah. Right. It ends up, it ends up being the complete opposite. So like, I'm telling myself the story about like, no one's going to relate to this. Um, it's just me that's going through this. I'm alone. And then like, you get the feedback and you're like, dude, thanks for telling your story. It helped Thank me out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, was that your experience too? 
Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode of the Kintu Edis podcast is sponsored by Coca-Cola. We are this far into the year already. Time has just flown by so quickly that I can't even keep up. And as we get into these later months of the year, a few things come to mind. I live in New York, so the drop in temperature is something that I've had to come to terms with. With the decrease in temperature brings an increase in layers. And the temperature changes, the leaves falling, all of that really reminds me that the holidays are coming. And for me, the holidays represent a time to reconnect with loved ones, with family, friends. Whether I'm celebrating the holidays in the Dominican Republic or here in the United States, one thing has always remained present, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together. Enjoy the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with good friends and family. Delicious food, and of course, ice cold Coke. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And that's why I, I find myself being more vocal now, because of that. Um, that support, not only support, but that the fact that you, you feel genuinely like you help somebody just off of communication like that of what you got. Sim very similar to what I've been through, and I find myself very happy that I, I I'm able to tell my story now and not be scorned by it, and not feel any thorns or any pain. Thinking, oh, oh, you're, you're this or you're that, but no, like people could really benefit from this, this words, man. Yeah. People could really benefit from that, from from that trauma that you went through, and to see you overcome it, people could really feel like engage it and apply it to their own life. Yeah, so I think that's important. You know, I think that's very important. Nah, for sure. Um, and I want to come back to that, but I also want to touch on um, your art in particular, right? Like, I'm like, you, you've had, a, you've, you've had a few jobs before, um, one in yeah. like the healthcare space. And it's, it's funny, because, you know, sometimes, like, you tell people where you work, or what you do for work. And if they know the industry, they're like, Oh, yeah, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. worked in um, on the ER unit, right? And people, you know, you tell me you work at a hospital, like, oh, yeah, hospital, cool. But you tell people you're an artist, and they're like, I'm sorry, you do what? Yeah. They look at you sideways. Uh, even now, it's just like... Especially you, you're Latino. You got all the tattoos. Like, what is that interaction like? Yeah, they're like, oh, you must be a tattoo artist. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you see the stigmatism? It's just like, all right, I may look rough. I may do this, but yo, your boy listens to the classical music. I listen to fucking jazz just to, to calm me down. I, I study the greats. Van Gogh's, Monet, like, Pollock. You know, like, I study... You guys don't even know. Just because I look like this, you know, it doesn't mean like I got to be a tattoo artist, you know what I'm saying, named cartoon or some shit like that, you know. But it, <laughs> you you understand. It's just like, no, nah, I'm an artist. I, I could be a fine artist. I could be a pop artist. I could be all that, whatever I set my mind to. But, you know, there's always that kind of astigmatism to it. Like, you're an artist. Uh, you must not be steady or you must not. It is what it is. You're going to probably hear that your whole life, I feel, but I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. I, I, I mean, at this point in my life, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I live my life, you know? And I think that's, that's very important for you to get so secure with it. Not security, but so secure within yourself that no man or woman could tell you you should live life this, 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 this way. Um, now, unless it's a negative way, then maybe you should listen. If it's a positive way, you're trying to do right by yourself and by your body and by others, then do it. Do whatever your heart like desires at that point. 
were not it's not just you man i mean we we all go through i think most people of color you know what i mean like you know we get mm-hmm. jobs and people are like whose dick did you suck to get that shit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah 100 man but it there's so many have to be that way yeah 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 but you know yeah it happens all the time but there are so many yeah. just like you know assumptions that people have about us before they even get to know us which is um which is really interesting do you it's feel funny, like man. yeah go do you for feel it, like we it. do that sometimes do you feel like us going through our life and the way we got brought up and how we are actively learning about each other do, do you feel like sometimes we because we know ourselves somewhat that we see others who are lost or like they're not they're not there you know what i'm saying do we forgive that those actions like how do you feel do you judge sometimes like like if i see you walking down the street would i would i would i ask if you're a tattoo artist is that what you're asking me more on a deeper sense more on like yeah. you get into no no one one person and they're just like they're showing you this kind of energy and and you don't want to be rude about it but you have to be like mm, clearly they haven't been through enough with maybe within themselves that you have to mm. To step off, like, do you feel like you have that ability to to cut yourself off from like negative, you know, energy around you? Like, do you feel like that sometimes? I think now I do for sure, man. But before, yeah. before I don't think I had the capacity to even like, no, I I didn't even know like what type of people I wanted to be around. Like, yeah. I didn't even know who I was to then even know somebody else. Um, but to your point, man, I think it takes just a lot of, like sitting down meditating thinking about what my needs are what my wants are yeah and like being real with that shit you know what i mean like not just doing something because like every all the cool kids are doing it or like because the crowd is doing it you know what i mean um or because you don't want to be the only one doing it um yeah so yeah it's, it's a lot of that i think yeah i do feel like that too i always like going against the grain you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) In a way where it's just like, even with, with uh, fashion or like with uh, painting or like anything that I do, I, 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 I want to make sure I do it from outside the box. You know, I don't want to do something that um, not a lot of people have done. I want to be different, but in a way that is still so genuine, but ex- exaggerated genuine now at this point. It's just like, all right, let's take it up a notch, but let's still be ourselves, you know, like in, in the form of expression, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Definitely. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to know, like, what's your next, like, you've been through all this growth. And, you know, even the self discovery, now you're trying to be more vulnerable, like, what's the next challenge that you're even thinking about? You know what I mean? Like, the next challenge that I'm actually um, stepping into now, which leads into the um, more caring for our uh, fellow fellow neighbors and friends, our family is, uh, this right here is uh, draw hope. So I'm starting a foundation and actually I have my mother um, kind of like running it, uh, draw hope foundation in which we teach uh, the youth or anybody um, the importance of having the arts in our lives and how they can truly impact us in our future. The arts is something very important and it's sad to see that um, we see a lot of funds being cut off from it. So um, I wanna make sure my, my foundation does it voluntarily and I do it, I, I go out to communities that are not privileged and uh, we teach them, hey, <clears throat> we're gonna be painting today or hey, we're gonna take a photography today. I get a special photographer uh, for an or Today we're gonna write about um, our feelings or maybe we're, we're gonna write a, 
uh, a little screenplay or we're going to act it out. You know what I'm saying? Let's do some uh, improvisations. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Um, that's my next uh, journey. That's my next step. And it's uh, currently uh, being worked on right now. And I'm, I'm very happy about it. That's so dope, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, think, I think one of the dopest things about it is that there are going to be kids that are in that class that are going to be you in New York that are going to be like, yeah, man, man, fuck this class. You know what I mean? But then yeah. they yeah, go yeah. to it and they see somebody that looks like them. You know what I mean? That's a Latino, potentially a person of color. And they're like, and oh, just, shit, like he's doing this shit for real. That means I could do yeah. it. Exactly. And it all comes back to being relatable. But well, we, what Latino artists that we know back in the days or, <laughs> or black? I didn't know. They're all white. I didn't know one of them. I only so knew Basquiat, like, legit, that's it. <laughs> Basquiat, yeah. And, and Basquiat, to be honest, I didn't even know about Basquiat. I have his tattoo right here. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't right. know about Basquiat until I was like 25, 26. Yeah. If we're being honest, you know, that's really how it is. He made a big impact on me. Obviously, Keith Haring did too, Andy Warhol. Van Gogh, we studied when we were kids. Yeah. You know, I still remember learning in Holy Name, maybe fifth grade, this painting in swirls just to get his um his effect on the on the canvas and i still remember all my paintings from that time i absorbed it and i felt so comfortable you know that like i felt like wow maybe i might cut my ear off one day <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. but 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 no but you know because he has that paint he had, i yeah. did a painting without the ear and i was just like man that's so cool but at that age you know you don't know shit you but, gotta, um, bro. You live in Florida. You gotta. You need the ears for the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You can't be like this. But um, you know what? It, it brings me back to something I feel like is very important. You know, just because if you're a creator or an artist and you're not getting enough attention for it, uh, you know, Van Gogh he died poor. You know, um, um, artists they they can live their whole lives without getting any kind of recognition, and it's. Sometimes, unfortunately, after death, that you kind of get some rise to fame, but you will never see it. Um, I live with that sometimes every day, and this is my me being vulnerable right now. I feel like um, things are happening now, but uh, I feel like uh, there's a lot of pressure because of that. Like, I have the pressure to be in the inside. I know what I have to offer, especially to this world. Now, how do I make everyone see it? Not only myself, because I see it. Right? So... My pressure is, I could go any second. It could happen, complication. Let's just be real, you can't. And that's everybody. We have to come to terms with that. You know how precious life is, Pavel. We see it all around us. So the pressure that I have is, how can we keep this momentum going? How can we make multiple impacts on people that we love or just people around us to make sure this world is a little bit of a better place? So I'm in that place right now where there's a lot of pressure, but it's pressure to, to do good things and hopefully, you know, keep it going and not have to think about my early demise. You know, that's something I've always had. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's wild too, man, that story that you said about uh, the favorite piece that you've ever made on the podcast. It was so real because, you know, I haven't bought that much art, but the art that I do buy, I look at it every day and I'm just like, like it tells a story to me, you know what I mean? Like it has yeah. so much more of an impact, even if that artist, you know, God forbid, passes away, like their art lives on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I look at the piece Forever. every day when I'm, I look at the piece every day when I'm down and, and like, it brings me back up, you know what I mean? Um, I, I would love to hear that story that you told about that, 
about that boy that you gave that painting to and just like his reaction and then your reaction oh. to his reaction you know what i mean so um my mother actually told me about this fundraiser and this was a uh, a little bit before my heart surgery before i ever knew i had the issue back in 2014 um i went to this fundraiser and um my mother was telling me hey by the way before the fundraiser there's this kid he's like about five years old his name is mikey he's autistic so they're um his parents are kind of gonna throw a, a fundraiser to raise awareness and i'm just like oh okay yeah i'd like to go and she was like wait I have an idea. I, I feel like you should uh, paint something for him. And I was just like, at that time I was, I was painting, but also I was painting because I was trying to get out of uh, my, my hole that I was in from a, from a heartbreak, from a relationship. So I was really painting just to get my mind off of things very healthy, you know? <clears throat> so my mother gave me that suggestion and I was just like, you know what? I am going to do that. Ask his parents this, what's his favorite superhero? She relayed the message back to me and she was like, yo, um, his favorite superhero, you know, my mom talks like me too, but in a girly voice, his favorite superhero is Super Grover, get to work. And I'm like, all right, say no more, huh? So I'm starting to draw superhero, uh, Super Grover, you know, in my style, make it nice and colorful, making the colors pop, got his eyes, beady eyes, and it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, so the day of the, um, the fundraiser, um, I'm just like, I'm nervous. I'm not nervous in a, in, in a way where it's just like, I'm just anxious to really like want to make an impact. You know, like, I think that was my first saving grace where I, I felt so shitty for my relationship and the way it went down, but I feel like I could redeem myself maybe in a way where <clears throat> I hope this painting could make him happy. I didn't even meet the kid yet. So we go there and uh, I meet his parents and the parents are like, Mikey's over here. And I'm like, I'm anxious because I have the painting in the back. I was like, I can't wait for him to see this and stuff like that. So I have the, I'm hiding the painting in the back of me and I'm, I'm like, hey, what's up, little guy? Uh, my name is Kenny, nice to meet you. And uh, he's not talking. He's just like, you know, staring off into space, just like totally ignoring me. He's autistic. So I'm like, okay. I got something for you. And then I just pull out the canvas behind my back. And I swear to God, the colors must have captivated him. He already knew it was super cool. He took the painting and he took it from my, like he just, he just took it from me. And uh, he started kissing the canvas, man. He started kissing the canvas, man. And uh, at that moment, I was just like, wow. Like kind of like time slowed down a little bit. And I just started to, to realize that it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, with what I was going through at that time. Like I needed that more than probably anybody ever knew. I needed to see that. So, um, and then um, once he, he paused, get the canvas, he just looked up because he was sitting in his carriage. He just looked up to me and, um, and I would never forget the face that, that he made or, you know, cause he couldn't really talk. And he was just looking at me as, as if like, he really wanted to say, yo, Thank you, man. This shit is awesome. Like, thank you. Like, thank you. And I was just like, wow. Like, I felt that. And then we, we took pictures together, but he couldn't get, keep his eyes off me. I actually have the, the photo on Instagram, and I have hair and stuff. And I got like a bald face, too. Um, and I'm just like the happiest kid in the world, just like being right next to him. And uh, 
um, God rest his soul. Um, he died not even four months later, and it crushed me, Pavel. Like it, it did. It, it really, it made a big impact on me. So I made this in his honor. Um, I had the tattoo artist just um, tattoo draw hope, and draw hope was it just came into my mind like instantly after uh, days of just obviously grieving because he made such a big impact on my life, and even just meeting him one time. You know, that, that moment changed the way I look at art and the way I could <clears throat> bring out art to the world forever. And that, you know? that moment, that moment would have never happened if, you know, going back to New York where you had that realization where you were like, yo, I'm faking it. This isn't me. I'm going to be myself. Right. Yeah. And because you're being yourself, you're able to do what you do and you love, which is art. And look at the impact that you're driving to people um, as you as you look forward. You know what I mean? As as you look forward and you, you know, think about like what's one thing that continues to inspire you to continue being your your authentic self. I see my siblings now and they're like um, they're kind of like following a very similar path that I am in right now. And they're happy painting and they're they're able to communicate healthy with my um, with my mother, you know, and um, I, I see them just being themselves and that makes me want to go further because it's just like it's invigorating and it, it and it's right it just feels right you know so going on forward I, I you know like I said I'm continuing to evolve this is like I'm barely nowhere where I have to reach man like <clears throat> I'm just now getting to know myself like I said I'm like a five-year-old kid right now so I'm just like very looking I'm looking forward to um continue continuing to make uh works of you know art and to flirting with the canvases and just really telling a story that i feel like uh can help others i feel a lot of happiness genuine like joy like helping out another person and in the, in the same way I, I help out myself as well so yeah shit that engine's gonna continue to roll until this body gets out straight up Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of the Quintuetas podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. It just helps us in the algorithm to ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible. Scaling these stories and experiences is the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you and see you next week.